You're listening to the Drawing the Ideal Self podcast for November 2022. And today's episode is going to look at an intervention that was done in relation to the menopause. There has been quite a lot of interest in the media in the menopause lately. Something, I guess, that's quite interesting that it's taken so long to get to this point, given that it's likely to have quite a big effect on half of the population. Uh, We're not going to get into that too much today, because that might be a never-ending discussion. But good to know that now people are thinking about it. So I thought it might be useful to think about what's PCP tried in relation to helping people with issues around the menopause. So there are two authors called Heather Foster and Linda Viney who have been important in this area. And they describe in the paper that I'm going to talk about a group approach to supporting women and helping them to construe and reconstrue uh, and to move forward. What they'd done previously was a study where they'd interviewed 74 women and they talked to them about the meaning of the menopause. They found that many reported distressing feelings, although some felt it didn't mean anything to them. When the feelings were distressing, these were particularly about the difficulty predicting what was happening, feelings of confusion and feelings of loss of control over their bodies and the awareness of a need to change. What they said was that they developed a model from this based on a personal construct account of change that was informed by women's meanings. The model incorporates an intervention pathway to facilitate involvement in a creative change process and reconstruing in relation to the changes of the menopausal transition. And this intervention was a menopause workshop. This was designed to be a brief intervention. So it was the equivalent of three sessions of one and a half hours. So Foster and Viney said that their major aim of this study was to test whether provision of a brief intervention in the form of a menopause workshop could, one, reduce women's distressing emotions, such as anxiety and feelings of helplessness in relation to menopause, and two, increase women's feelings of control, hope, and positive feelings in relation to menopause. They also looked at whether women were likely to experience a reduction in levels of anxiety when they had higher levels of distress, and also a reduction in levels of helplessness and an increase in feelings of control, hope and positive affect. So the three workshop sessions, they say, were each structured around a major activity. These activities were planned as a series of explorations that move from reflection about the self to engagement in the creativity cycle and engagement and resolution in the circumspection, preemption, control, decision-making cycle. So this is what they did in those sessions, so taken directly from the chapter. In session one, the major activity was writing a self-characterisation. This activity provided a safe preparation for experimentation as it was written to be seen only by the writer. The woman chose what she would reveal from it. The discussion that followed focused on the way a woman could approach the menopause, drawing on the positive qualities revealed in the self-characterisation. In session two, the major activity was based on a drawing and its opposite, which is a Tom Ravenette technique, 
in relation to a menopausal choice. This activity provided women with a novel situation for experimentation to facilitate engagement in the creativity cycle that consists of a cycle of loosening and tightening constructs. Whole group and triadic discussion about the preferred choice and the support for the choice followed. In session three, the major activity was an enactment in relation to the second choice identified in the Ravenette activity. This provided an opportunity for a controlled experimentation in a safe setting as the women chose the content and level of enactment. Either verbal or non-verbal enactment was encouraged. The session ended with a discussion about women's choices, new possibilities and predictions, and with a sharing of resources of information and support to promote dispersion of dependency. They go on to talk about why they chose their particular methods. Uh, and I'll try and put a link into the Tom Ravenette paper, Drawing and Its Opposite, to give you an idea of what that involves. It's a lovely, simple technique that can go anywhere for any individual. So in these workshops, they had 38 women who took part. And they also had a contrast group of 16 women who they collected data from but were not involved in the workshops. The women were aged from 37 to 61. So from that point of view, you know, they may or may not have seen the menopause as more relevant to them. They may have uh, had more of an effect of anxiety once they were in it than in anticipation of it. They talk about the measures that they use to study this. And there were a lot of questionnaires that were completed in advance and also uh, at a five month follow up. So the, the things that they used were looking at anxiety, depression, feelings of hopelessness and also helplessness and control. Their key outcome measure for this study was anxiety. And they used a scale which is called the Cognitive Anxiety Scale, which is by Viney and Westbrook, because that measured uncertainty in a way that is identical to the personal construct definition of anxiety. The range of scales they've used was very interesting and I will try to put links to those that I can find in the show notes. I think the hope scale might be particularly interesting because that was used to assess any change in hopefulness and a positive affect scale was used to indicate whether the women were feeling satisfied with the choices they were making. So that scale assesses people's expression of good feelings such as happiness, pleasure or satisfaction. The women attending these workshops form themselves into groups. And I think that's very interesting. You know, often in research, people are assigned to groups, uh, but they allowed people to choose. And some of those took place at their workplaces. So they had 38 women involved in seven groups with a variation from kind of three to eight in each group. And I think that's interesting, too. You know, often we think that uh, any kind of research has to be so precise that everything, all the variables we can control are absolutely equal. What they were focusing on was, does anxiety change as a result of this workshop? The workshop could be delivered in different ways. And what they wanted to do was make sure that women had the least distress associated with coming out to go to the workshop. So the groups did, had five that did three group sessions. And the other two did a whole day workshop. So they collected data at three time points. So the first was uh, before the, the workshops occurred and then after the workshop and then five months later. The contrast group 
took part in the data collection, but they had no intervention. So when they looked at their data, they divided the women into those who occurred above average on their levels of distress on one of the questionnaires. That was a depression scale. So there were 19 women who scored above average. And then there were 18 who fell into the normal range. So for analysis, they've now got three groups. They've got those who score above average, those who score in the normal range and a contrast group. And what they found was significant differences. So what did they conclude from their data? They said it was encouraging that the workshop appeared to have beneficial effect for women with normal levels of distress, as well as women with higher than normal levels of distress. And they said that that suggested that further research with more representative samples could be undertaken without undue risk. They note that the menopause workshop did appear to achieve some significant results from the participating women. A long-term reduction in anxiety and feelings of helplessness and a short-term increase in feelings of control, hope and positive emotions occurred for those women with higher initial levels of distress. The changes indicate that these women were more satisfied with their meaning-making choices and not experiencing the same need for change. In addition, the women with normal initial levels of distress also showed reduction in feelings of helplessness and an increase in hope and positive feelings after the menopause workshop. It appears that the menopause workshop assisted women at a transitional time. They also note that brief interventions are likely to become more and more important to all of us as we try to be efficient in our delivery of services. What I think is really interesting about this approach is the way they use non-PCP measures as well as PCP measures to evaluate their outcomes. And I think that's really important to bear in mind, particularly because those people who are either not interested in a PCP approach or uh, might find it a bit unusual, um, may not understand some of the ways that a P PCP person might conduct their evaluation. So, you know, by looking at constructs only. So we can think about when we're trying to do interventions, how we can use, if you like, more mainstream evaluations as well as a PCP evaluation. So if you were trying to run this group, it would be a good idea to find out exactly what they did, but also to replicate it using exactly the stuff that they did. But what they were doing in the sessions was inviting people to explore those issues for themselves. So they'd done previous research and they knew that there were issues that really affected women. So to do with the anxiety, the sense of control and the loss of it, um, the sense of being confused about what was going on with them. And if you think about that, what they were experimenting with in, in trying this out was, do you have to go directly for those symptoms or can you do something which is a bit different, which also leads to a reduction in those symptoms? I really liked the use of the self-characterization because I think that that gives people an opportunity to reflect on themselves and to think privately about who they are and what matters to them without needing to worry in this uh, workshop about what they share with people. I'll put a link to something about self-characterization in case you want to follow that up. And I'll also put a link to the Tom Ravenette paper, which is a drawing and its opposite, because that is just such an easy thing to use.
What you make of it is the interesting stuff, but to deliver it is quite easy. And in their final session, they looked at an enactment, which was either uh, saying something or doing something which related to uh, a discussion about women's choices uh, and new possibilities and predictions. So that, that's interesting too, that you don't necessarily have to determine what is going to be enacted in order for it to be effective. I think the other thing was that their three sessions were different from each other, although they were looking overall at the same kind of areas, at people's construing of the menopause, and for some of those people in the groups, their adjustment to it. So reading this paper got me thinking about what each of us who might be interested in exploring that might be interested to do. And I don't think this is only an issue for women, because the menopause can affect you in a major way, and therefore can also affect the people you work with, the people you live with, uh, and particularly family members who observe it closely. So if you've got somebody getting up in the night, boiling hot and disrupting your sleep, you know, that although you're not going through the menopause yourself, you are definitely affected by it. So I'd also be quite curious to think, what if you had a, a session with couples about that, about the changes that occurred in their lives in the home during this time? and how that might impact on things, and what kind of things they might be able to do about it. The other thing to think about is that sometimes people are going through the menopause at the same time as their children are teenagers. A very uncomfortable situation, I think, uh, and that happened to me. Um, it's unfortunate timing, and there's not a lot you can do about that at all. But that kind of level of anxiety in the house, and both, you know, a teenager's strong need to control quite often and the parents' difficulty with feeling that everything is out of their control could lead to some awkward interactions to say the least. But it's not something I have ever thought to ask parents about actually in terms of, you know, without doing a detailed piece of work with parent, I don't think you'd be able to have that question come up. Um, we ask in kind of assessments for children about domestic violence or abuse that might be going on in the home, but we don't ask about the kind of phases of life. And although, you know, we can't make any assumptions about how they affect people and their parenting, we can explore those gently. That might be the kind of thing you want to do separately with parents not rather than with children present because it's going to be quite hard for the children to understand and also the parent is likely to be going through you know, if it's the mum they're going through a, a time where things are very difficult for them the other thing is of course this is not limited to uh, opposite sex couples so you, know, you can have two women going through the menopause who are both parents um, and looking after, say, three children, one of whom is a teenager and the others are heading that way. Quite a tricky situation. So I think it'd be interesting to bear it in mind, really. And you might want, if you're at that point yourself, to have a go at using some PCP techniques to explore your own menopause. So you could try the drawing in its opposite. You could also try a version of drawing the ideal self 
So you could do drawing the ideal menopause. That would be quite fun to do, I think. Um, you could also look at uh, the impact on role and bearing in mind guilt. So guilt in PCP terms is an awareness that you're not able to be the kind of person that you feel you are and you feel comfortable with. So you get a distress with that. And if you've gone from being a parent who's highly organized and everything's running like clockwork to somebody who has really disrupted sleep and therefore um, wants to stay in bed in the morning um, and not get up, then that might be quite a major shift. Of course, the other thing is that all of the menopause stuff is going to interact with everything else that happens in life and any other issues and conditions and challenges that people face. So it's not on its own. It's going to occur within the context of a real life. I do think sometimes people can be very frightened by what's going on for them. You know, in, in terms of threat, that's really important. Because if you are somebody who normally is a very clear thinker and then you find you've got a kind of brain fog going on, that might be terrifying. And your kind of construing of yourself in the future is likely to be affected. So you might be wondering whether you've got dementia, you know, whether you've got an illness, whether you have a brain tumour that you're not aware of, anything in terms of what might be happening. And some of that happens because of difficulty construing the menopause. I think that will be really helped by all the media things that are going on at the moment. So there's been television programmes, there are interviews on radios, there are policies being developed at work for people going through the menopause and what needs to be taken into account and the importance of flexible working hours so that you could have a lie-in in the morning because you're so tired and finish later. So things like that. Some organisations are going to be better than others. And some places of work will be able to do that and some won't. Now, if you've got a shop to open at 7am, that shop's got to be opened. How do you do that when you've only had three hours sleep and all day long you have times where you feel really ill? So I think it's worth doing an exploration if you are a woman and you're facing that. Uh, but also if you're a man and you aren't going to be going through your own menopause, but you're going to be living with somebody who is. To be worth considering as well, if you are a younger adult whose parent is you know, facing that as a challenge, so that you can anticipate it yourself in advance and bear it in mind. So I think the menopause stuff applies to us all, really that we all need to be able to construe it and we all need to bear in mind from a PCP point of view that we may experience distress and that distress is about our difficulty with construing because we're finding it hard to anticipate how things are going to go. And one of the things that's really hard about the menopause is you don't know how long it's going to last. And so for some people it's quite quick and painless for other people, it lasts a very long time and it causes a lot of difficulty for them. OK, hopefully that's given you some food for thought. And if you do anything with it and you do some exploration and you find it helpful, I'd be interested to know. I just wanted to open the discussion, really, so that we could be thinking, OK, how can PCP be helpful for this? But that's all for this month and I'll see you again in December.
Okay, goodbye. Mm-hmm.